Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this day. It's a wonderful day. The sun's out, but most importantly, we can be out worshipping you and gathering together and hearing your word. And I just pray that as your word goes forth today, it wouldn't just fall on the soil, it would fall on good soil, soil that would produce a harvest. Lord God, I ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet as we read God's word to us at the moment. This is something different for you all. But in reverence to God's word, let's read it together. Our scripture that we've been going through at the moment. Matthew 6.33. Let's read it together. But seek first and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Amen. You can sit down. It's a bit of an old Baptist thing, that. So, but today I want to continue on with our theme of pursuing God. And the really interesting thing was that this week, primetime, the over 60s group, we went for a, a bit of a bus trip to the Barossa Valley, which was really cool. Who had a good time? Yeah, I had a good time. And... Uh, we went to the Barossa Valley Chocolate Company, and then we went up to Mangler's Hill. Anyone ever been up to Mangler's Hill Lookout? It overlooks the Barossa Valley. There's a whole lot of sculptures there. But when we were up there, just something that confirmed God's word in my heart, and just God speaks. God is always speaking to us. He is wanting to talk to us. And the amazing thing is there was a, a plaque up there. I don't know if you can see that very well. But it was a memorial to the pioneers of the Barossa Valley. If you know a little bit of the history of the Barossa Valley, is that in the early, it says here, in the early 1840s, the Barossa Valley was settled by scattered British families. They were followed in 1842 onward by large groups of Germans who had fled from their homeland due to or, or to escape religious persecution. And they've put this park up that says the p first settlers were engaged in agricultural pursuits, but soon they also turned to grape and fruit growing for which the Barossa Valley has become renowned. And it says, the life of the pious pioneers was centred around family and the church. And then it says this, which spoke to my heart and just confirmed what God is speaking at the moment is, is real and true. They sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, trusting that God would provide their everyday needs. Thanks be to God. Isn't that powerful? This is something God wants to reestablish in his church at this time, at this difficult time that we are to seek him first above everything else. And a couple of weeks ago, John Smith came and he taught us about not giving up. Isn't that right? Don't give up. And so today I'm going to explore that idea a little bit deeper and look a little bit deeper into pursuing God in prayer. Now we've talked about the fact that we can pursue God in the Word. We can pursue God in our relationships with each other. But I believe Jesus' example to us while he was here on earth showed us very clearly that pursuing God in prayer 
is one of the primary purposes of his followers. It's something that we must do. Let me give you some examples from the scripture where Jesus showed us how important, by his own example, how important pursuing God in prayer is. Luke 5.17 says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. In John 17.1 it says, And Jesus said, uh, said this, He looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. And then in Luke 6.12, when Jesus had to make a very significant decision, when he had to choose out of all his disciples, he had to choose 12 to be the apostles who would start the church. It says, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and he spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated as apostles. So Jesus had an important decision to make and he spent the whole night seeking God's face and asking him for wisdom. And then in Luke 6, verse, oh, no, no, it's not Mark 1, verse 35, it says of Jesus again, describing Jesus, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus' example to us is clear. Prayer is significant. Prayer is an important part of the life of a Christian. But sadly, what we see is that as humans, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think about prayer and we dumb it down to or we, we make it just an activity that we do sometimes in an attempt to get God's attention. And usually we do it when we're in trouble. Anyone relate to that? Something happens in your life and you go, oh, I better pray. I better ask God for help. But I don't believe that's what God intended prayer to be about. That prayer, that God intended prayer to be, as Jesus shows us, a way of life. Yes, we go to him when we're in times of need, like when we have to choose our apostles and things like that. But the habit of prayer was a lifestyle for Jesus. It wasn't something he did once in a while when he needed to. It was something he did all the time. And I, I think this is really important because so often we have just made prayer a little bit of a ritual or something that we've been told to do, so we just do it. Case in point, and I'm talking to myself here just as much as I'm talking to you, is grace at mealtime. Who loves to say grace? Let me, ask, let me do a poll. Who loves to join hands while they say grace as a family? No, no, big no from Lou. <laughs> Won't do that. But uh, the reality is... We say grace and we say, oh, thank you, Lord, for this food we're about to receive. May it bless our bodies in Jesus' name. Amen. Or you might just say, thanks, God, for the food. Amen. But do we understand that it's more than that type of prayer? That, that habit of just, oh, I'd, I just have to do it, so I just do it out of habit, rather than thinking about what it really means. And so today I want to suggest 
that prayer is so much more than just a ritual or a habit. As I've said, it's a lifestyle. And I believe God's intention and his heart has always been to have relationship with us. And let me say this, I believe prayer is simply the language we use to have a relationship with God. I'll say that again. That prayer is simply the language we use to have a relationship with God. Just like in our natural everyday lives, we speak a language to have relationship with each other. Maybe some of you speak English. Maybe some speak other languages like Italian or Filipino or, or other types of languages. But that language is the foundation for you to have relationship. Isn't that right? You cannot have relationship without language. You can't communicate. It's very hard to communicate without language. Even deaf people use sign language to communicate. And so prayer is the language that forms the foundation of our relationship with God. Now think about that for a moment. If prayer is the foundation that forms, or the, the language that forms the foundation of our relationship with God, then my mind goes to the place that the way we pray reflects the type of relationship we have with God. I'll say that again. The way that we pray reflects the type of relationship we have with God. If it's habit, then maybe our relationship with God is just a habit rather than a real relationship. Jesus taught a lot about prayer. Within his time here on earth, he taught about prayer often. And one of the very powerful examples of this is in Matthew 6, 5 to 9 that I want to read to you because Jesus explains the importance of how we pray. It says there, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But, Jesus says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of, the many, uh, because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And then he says these words, which we know leads into the Lord's Prayer. But he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name and we can go through the rest of the lord's prayer but the thing that i believe jesus makes very clear is that god never intended prayer to be about loud outward prayers in public you know one of the saddest things i hear often as a pastor is people that are new to faith come to me and say oh i i can't pray because i listen to you up there praying and, and it just sounds so nice but i can't talk to god like that God's not about the big outward prayers. 
He's about the conversations and the communication and the language you use when you're alone with him in that secret place, in that private place. He's not, he do, he's not worried about you being able to pray some beautiful, fluent, eloquent prayer. He just wants you to talk to him. Jesus makes it very clear. just wants you to go into your room, close the door, and spend time with God. You see, praying is all about making time to communicate with God himself. Now sometimes, like all of our language, sometimes that praying involves words. Isn't that right? We use words and, and we speak, and so praying does involve words. And sometimes that praying may involve activity. So they say that communication is broken up into verbal and nonverbal. So sometimes you may raise your hands or you may kneel down on the ground and you may pray. So it may be a physical thing as well. And then other times, prayer may actually be all about being quiet before God. I don't think we value the importance of just being quiet before God sometimes. The importance of silence. The Bible tells us, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we need to shut up and listen and just allow God to work. But all of these things remind us, most importantly, that prayer is is all about a relationship. Throughout this passage... Jesus mentions the Father four times. And then in that verse that we all know so well, verse 9, he encourages us to start our prayers by saying, Our Father. I want you to think about that for a moment. Because that's a simple introduction. But in that statement of him saying, start by praying our Father, he is making it very clear to us that our prayer life is all about relationship. Because by starting with our Father, God is saying, call me Father. And if he is Father, then it makes sense that we are his children. I want you to think about that for a moment. If God wants us to start our prayers with our Father, that means if he is Father, we are his children. The original language of this idea of our Father can literally be described or be translated as dearest Father. If we were to translate it into modern terms, it would be like using a term or using the term dad. This is really interesting this week as I was preparing. One of my kids yelled out to me at some point, hey dad. And as I was preparing, I was realizing that's what you want us, God, to do with you. Understand this, church. God doesn't want formalities. He wants relationship. 
And Steve came up to me just before, um, just after, at the end of the worship, and said, I feel there's something prophetic here today in, in church. And I believe this is a prophetic word from God for us as a church today. That God wants to establish the relationship of father and child in our hearts today. <clears throat> and there's probably people here that you struggle with that idea because of your relationship with your earthly father. But God wants you to know, as we sang in these songs, that he is a father that will always be there for you. That he is a father, but not just a father, he wants to be your dad. He wants to be your dad. And this is the important thing, that when Jesus tells us how to pray, he doesn't say you begin praying with this elaborate, formal introduction or official statement. So he doesn't say you're talking to God, so you must say your royal highness. Almighty God who has created all the heavens and the earths. And he doesn't say that we have to come to him like that. When God wants you to come to him, what does he say? He says, come to me in a warm and loving way and call me dad. Call me dearest father. Understand that I am the father and you are my child. And so the purpose of prayer is for us to pursue after God as his sons and daughters. That's what prayer is all about. It's about relationship. And, and I want to share with you a couple of scriptures because this very term, dearest father, is, is only used a few times in the New Testament, but in other times it's where they talk about Abba Father, where Paul talks about it in Galatians 4, 6 and 7. And in these verses... It declares to us clearly what God has done to make us his sons and daughters. Let's read it together where it says, Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. And that spirit who calls out Abba Father, who calls out Dad, who calls out Dearest Father. And so you are no longer a slave, but you are God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir do you understand what an heir is that means everything god has is yours god has made you an heir to everything he has so god says the spirit that he has put within us in his son jesus is the spirit that can say to god dad dearest father this is what god has done for us in Roman, Romans 8, 14 to 16, Paul reestablishes this thought where he says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we can cry, Abba, Father. We can cry out, Dearest Father. We can cry out, Dad. And the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Isn't that amazing? God has made us his children. So in the Lord's Prayer, God shows us 
that when it comes to praying to him, it's all about relationship. This is what it's all about. And when it comes to a relationship with God, he is our loving father. And guess what? We are the objects of his love. We are his children. So today God wants you to understand, and I want to speak into people's hearts here, that God wants to be your dad. God wants to be your parent. Why does Jesus say that to, be, to, to enter into the kingdom of God, what does he say? We must become like children. And when we're children, think of a child, a young child, all of them have gone out to kids' church, but kids don't worry about where their clothes fr come from. Kids don't worry about the food that gets put on the table because they know their parents will provide it. And even if you didn't come from a family like that, God wants you to know that he will be with you. And he wants to be with you. And he wants you to trust him. And he wants to have a relationship with you. So the first thing we need to understand about prayer is that prayer is all about pursuing God in relationship. This is why John Smith said really clearly, never give up on praying. Because without prayer and without relationship prayer, we will never develop a meaningful relationship with God. And remember this, I know we have a prayer wall up there where we put up our prayer requests, but prayer is not just about asking for stuff. We should always remember the aim of prayer is to know God and then align our lives to what he would want us to do. As I've said, and I'm going to keep hammering this until you get it in your spirits and in your heart, prayer reminds us that God is our Father. That means God is the source of everything we have in our lives. The actual original language is pater, which, which means the, the begetter of life. So he is the one who produces life as Father. So he has given us our life. And so think about it like this. When we pray our Father or when we pray dearest Father, what it does is it reveals to us our true identity and our true value, which can only be discovered in a father-child relationship with God. God created us for relationship. We say this all the time. And when we pray from a place of relationship first, what we are doing is we're doing what we were created to do. Have relationship with God. As I said, it's not just about bringing your needs before God, although he wants us to, but he doesn't want that attitude of a wish list. God established prayer to be a place where we could discover who God is as dearest father, as dad, and in turn discover who we truly are as his children. You are his child. And all the benefits of being God's child are yours. So when we come to pray, we come from that position, from that posture. God is my dad. 
So when I need him, I know he will be there because he is the perfect dad. And he wants me to come to him with everything I have. Now this concept of praying, being a place where dearest father or dad meets with his children, the other thing that it shows us, or the second thing it shows us, is that prayer is all about pursuing God in relationship together. Guess what? You might have a relationship with God as your father, as your dad, but you're not an only child. Or the only child in the r- children in the room said, praise God for that. I've always wanted brothers and sisters. But the reality is God has many children. Bible talks about the fact that Jesus brought us into his family, into many brothers and sisters into God's family. And so this is the thing. The Bible reminds us continually that prayer doesn't have to be done just alone all the time. It can also be shared with others. Now this is the Jesus um, often in invited his disciples to come and pray with him. Isn't that right? Even when he was about to go to the cross, he took his disciples to pray with him and he told them off because they kept going to sleep. Remember that story? He's like, come on, can't you just pray with me for an hour? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We all had that experience. I'm going to spend some time praying and then all of a sudden we're asleep. Maybe that's what God wants because there's great refreshing in sleep. Who knows? But the fact is, Even Benito shared this last week. Even in the early church, it talks about them praying together daily. They got together daily. And, and you know, tonight we're doing a church prayer meeting because we really believe God is calling us to a time to connect with Dad. A time to spend time with Dad, but not just on our own, but together. And so... 2 Chronicles 7.14 says this, Then if my people, talking plural there, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Who knows our land needs healing? And God says if we as his children, as his people, would come together and pray and humble ourselves, cry out to dearest father, to dad. Things can change. When we pray together, where there is the potential for us to have unity, and the Bible is very clear that where there is unity, anything is possible. Jesus said in Matthew 18, He said, where two or three gather in my name, I will be there amongst them. And he goes on to say, they can ask anything according to my will and it will happen. So we gather tonight to pray together and we cry out for our community and we say, God, save our community. Does anyone think God's will is to see people get saved? Then we can stand and believe that that will happen. This is what prayer does and God wants us to pray together because in unity anything is possible. But, but praying together also helps us keep each other focused. 
keeps each, each other on track. And when, when one of us is struggling, another can help them up. And the Bible talks very clearly that when we do things together, a lot more can be accomplished. And this is why praying together, pursuing God in relationship together is so important. I want to come to a close and I want to finish with one scripture that we love to use when it comes to the topic of prayer. But I want us to look at it today from the position of praying in relationship with God. Praying to God as our Father, as our Dad, as our dearest Father. It's the scripture in Philippians 4 and we usually quote Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7. But today I'm going to go back a couple of verses because I believe it's going to give us some really good context to what God is wanting to say to us as a church. So Philippians 4 verses 4 to 7 says this, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. And it says this really important statement just before it says what we always read but it says remember the lord is coming soon don't worry about anything instead pray about everything so we know that as be anxious for nothing but in everything in prayer tell god what you need in other words petition him and thank him and rejoice in him for all that he has done then you will experience god's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I look around our world today and many people, when I talk to them, say to me, we're living in end times. We're living in end times. Look at the crazy stuff that's happening. We, it must be end times. God, Jesus is coming back soon. It's funny that Paul talks about the same thing some 2,000 years ago and he reminds them, don't forget Jesus is coming back soon. He, he, it's the truth. But the, his encouragement to them, because often when I talk to people who are saying, oh, Jesus is coming back soon, and then all of a sudden fear grips their face. When they look at everything that's happening in our world, they go, have you seen what's happening in our world? It's so terrible, it's so bad. Oh, but Jesus is coming back soon. But I'm so worried. What am I going to do? What about my kids? What about this? What? And they, rather than live in hope, they live in fear. But God never intended us to live in fear. And so Paul follows that thought of, remember, the Lord is coming back, with don't be anxious. He covers that thought with don't worry about anything. Instead, what do we do? Pray about everything. Isn't that in interesting? Because his encouragement to them is to pray. Why is prayer so important? What did Jesus say? When you pray, say, Dearest Father. Say, Dad. Say, remind yourself whose child you are. Isn't that right? Do you get that? Because when you pray, what you're doing is reminding yourself who your dad is. Like a little kid that says, my dad's bigger than your dad. 
My dad's tougher than your dad. Well, guess what? Your dad is bigger and better than any other dad. Even your own earthly dad. This is what God wants us to do. He wants us to position ourselves in this parent-child relationship. Father-son, father-daughter relationship that you are to remind yourself because when you pray, you say, Our Father, you're reminding yourself of who your God is. You're reminding yourself that he is the source of everything you have. He is the source of all that you need. And God is wanting you to rest in that. He, God is wanting to, as he says in this verse, rejoice in that, celebrate in that, thank him for that. Thank you, God. Because as you pray, you're thanking God that, God, you have made me your child. And that means I'm an heir of God's. How good is that? So when we pray from a place of relationship with God, this is how God wants us to deal with our worries and fears. Because we're praying from that place where we know who our God is. He is our Father. He is our Dad. He is our loving God and we are his children. In, in one translation it says, when it says tell God what you need, it says petition God. You notice that, that he doesn't say petition the government. Is that right? He says, ask me. Let me look after you. Put your trust in me because I am all you need. Make me your source of security, not outward things. See, when we pray like this, as God as our loving Father first and foremost, it makes total sense to me that God will fill our hearts with peace. Because what, what better place to find peace than to know God is my Father and I am his child. And he promises that he will never leave me nor forsake me. He will hold me. Now, it doesn't mean that you'll never have troubles or worries or difficulties, but we can know that we are not defined by what happens to us or even by what happens around us. We are defined by who we belong to. Dearest Father, Dad, so when we're hurting, when we're struggling, when life is throwing stuff at us that we don't know how to deal with, what do we do? We say, Dad, I need you. Dad, I come to you. I kneel before you. I, I just, I throw myself at your feet. I just need your help. Help me, God. Remind me of who I am in you. Remind me that I am your precious child who you have paid the price for. That's what God wants to bring us to. You know, the, pers the greatest person that has been an example of prayer to me, as many of you would probably know, is my mum, who's here today. My mum's a crazy prayer. And sometimes I've probably looked at my mum's praying and thought, she, she's a bit religious about it. She needs to relax a bit. 
But the reality is, as I get older, I begin to understand why she prays like she does. And I remember as a young boy, I'd be going to school, and if I left a little bit too late, my mum would have got into her praying posture, and there was no way I could interrupt her because she was praying, usually kneeling on the side of the bed and literally crying, just crying, crying out for her kids, crying out for her needs, crying out to God and just just weeping before him and just saying, God, I need you. God, I need you. Now, we used to joke often to my mum and say, because my mum was a single mum. My dad left when I was three and she raised five kids on her own. We used to often talk to her and say, why don't you get married, mum? Find yourself a good man. And she would say these words, and now take this in the right context, because she was speaking from a culture and a time where having a husband was something every woman needed. You couldn't survive without a husband. There were the jobs for women, you couldn't, many of them couldn't work and la- all that sort of stuff. So she'd say, Jesus is my husband. I don't need a husband. What was she saying? She's saying, Jesus, God is my father. I don't need anything else. He is everything I need. In him is everything I need. She discovered the reason she would pray every day was not not because she was doing a ritual or out of habit. She was doing it because she was spending time getting to know her God. She was spending time in relationship with God. My mum's not a person that would come up here and stand up and say those big prayers out loud to the public. She's not one that babbles prayers over and over again with rosary beads and whatever else. But she is a person that will lock herself in a room, shut the door and spend time with God, her dearest father. Church, I really believe it's time for us to change the way we look at prayer. It's not just about bringing your needs to God. It's about connecting with God as your Father. It's about knowing God is Dad and He wants to be with you and He wants to hear you say those words and for you to get to know him as father and you to discover how incredible it is to be his son or to be his daughter. Let's pray. I know there's people here that this is a massive leap to think of calling God dad but you need to know God wants you to call him dad he is your dad and he loves you he loves you with a love that you've never experienced probably before in your life but he wants to show you his love in a new way a love that is personal, a love that is real, 
and a love that gets past all the rubbish and crap that fills our lives. And today, God wants to invite you to call him Dad. So as I pray today, I'd invite you to pray in your own way, but take a risk and take a chance to reach out to him as Dad. Dad, I come to you today, and I look out at this amazing group of people, this church, these people who love you with all their hearts. And I pray, God, today that their eyes would be opened to the amazing truth and reality that you are their dad and that you love them and that you invite them into relationship with you as dad. And your promise is to keep them and to walk with them and to be with them through all things and that they can know that they can trust you and they don't have to worry about anything but they can pray about everything because praying is connecting with you as dad. I ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.